They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Bye, 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 bye. Hello, listeners. It's David here, just by myself. And as you've probably seen, this is a shorter episode than usual. The reasons for that are partly because we wanted to speak to Beth as soon as possible. She's just broken the world record and wanted to get a sense of the excitement of that. But also, we're slightly changing our format to separate the guff of Jodie and I from the meat of the interview. So we do have two episodes coming up over this weekend, so hang on in there if you've got your long run and you want to listen to our lovely tones throughout. But without ado, here's the incredible Beth Potter. Quite a treat for you today, someone who I wasn't expecting to be talking to uh, on Friday. We're now Tuesday, and in that time, Beth has set uh, or broken the fastest time road 5k without her and beth butter Whee! how you doing hi thanks for having me on um yeah i'm good thanks yeah it's all been really overwhelming since the weekend and it's definitely not sunk in yet um so yeah just trying to i don't know guess ride the wave and and get as as yeah get my name out there i guess what was it like when you first saw that clock? Um, I, I, when I first saw the clock, I was in disbelief, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I was just completely uh, gobsmacked that that's that's what happened. I just couldn't believe it. Uh, and I actually asked someone in the in the crowd if it, it was like, is that a joke? Is that did that actually happen? Did I run? Did I run that quick? Um, yeah, I just, I couldn't believe it because 14-something was only ever something I thought like that was like quite, un- I thought that was unachievable for me, but yeah. It's not often that you feel, like every now and then you get one of those runs where it, you just feel different and yeah. everything, you, your stride seems to be longer, your your leg turnover slightly, like were you feeling different throughout the run? Um so it was it was a very last minute decision to do the race actually i decided on monday that yeah it'd probably be a good idea to get a run race in before uh triathlons started just to kind of see where i was at with the running because running it hasn't really been going as well as you know it has done in previous years because you know i've really been focusing on my swimming bike again this last winter so i was kind of interested to see where that was at um and i guess like yeah i just I committed from the gun. I, I, I was actually on the Friday night. I asked to go in the quicker race, and I got kind of questioned on that on that a little bit. And I was like, "Oh no, I'm just going to go with it. It's fine. I can. I, there'll be someone. There'll be stragglers. You know, someone at the back of that. I'm not going to be at the front of that. That's fine. But there'll be somewhere around the back that I'll be able to hang on to some boys, hopefully. Um. So yeah, just committed from the gun, and it was too it was too fast for me at the start anyway. But I was like, well, if I don't go with this, then you know, I'm going to end up in no man's land and there'll be no point in me running around. So I'm just going to go so I've got some boys to run with at some point. And yeah, I did that. And I think as as the Ks were being like ticked off, I was like, oh, that was like, that was a number I wasn't expecting to hear. Okay, keep going. And then I'd go around again and I'd be like, okay, I wasn't expecting that one. Maybe the wheels are going to fall off this next lap. And they just didn't. They just, just 
just kept holding that pace and and then like I was really trying at the end like I was on that last lap I was really gritting my teeth and like really trying to stay with that group of I think it was I can't even remember two three boys I was with and I was just really trying to cover every single gap um yeah and I think when I when I could finally see the clock I was just like what is is that real <laughs> Like, is that happening? <laughs> yeah, so I was shocked. Yeah, I I was as shocked as I'm sure everyone else was. Where does that leave you now? Because you, you, you were focusing on track running prior to try. No. You switched. And now you're like, what? Is this going to change your focus for the next year, for the, the rest of your career, potentially? No, no. Um, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue with the same training. It's obviously working for both. Like, I've... You know, I've shown I'm in good triathlon shape. I'm obviously in good run shape. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's any need to to change what I'm doing. I just I just need to keep doing what I'm doing, to be honest. Um, and just take one race at a time because the thing with triathlon is it's so dependent on so many uh, like factors outside of you know what you can control. Does it does it change? Does it make you think maybe you should? try and use the training but focus on back on track races and and actually be aiming for that more now uh, I don't know I, I think I still need a bit of time with my coaches to kind of go over that you know my aim was always to you know like I've put a lot of work into my swim and bike this winter and they're both going really well so that's good <laughs> that would be good um so yeah no I think I, I want to still focus on triathlon I, I know it's going to be difficult this year with the Olympic team already being picked so yeah, I, ju I just need to kind of weigh up my options and, and speak with my coaches and, um, yeah, just kind of have a plan B in place. The hard thing now is, is that the new normal? Are you, are you thinking that you're, say you were to go and race another 5K in two weeks' time, like would you go out paced on the pace you would have tried to approach previously or, or would you try that again? Um, well, I don't think I'd actually go for the 5 if I did it. I think I'd probably go for the 10. I don't really like the 5k. It's not my favourite. I prefer the 10k. <laughs> uh, so I think I think I'd go for the 10. I don't think I'd do a five on the track. Okay, interesting. Um, and, and and how much in the articles it's it talks about the the fact you've had the new ASICs trainers. Obviously, having a men around you is slightly different to the certain races. Like and and you are doing a different training to your your 10k training previously. What? Where would you apportion amongst those um, the, the the real change in time? What where do you think it's mainly come from? I think you know I've been I've been training now in Leeds four years. I mean, touch wood, I haven't been injured. You know, I've had a really consistent block. I'm at the stage now in my kind of triathlon journey where I can cope with the training load. I don't get like as fatigued as I used to. So you know, and it, I'm just consistent with my training day in day out. You know, I go to the try not to miss sessions um and if there are sessions that i miss you know if because i'm tired that the first thing to go will be a gym session or a run it's always running i try and have the first one to go um i think as well like obviously cross training you can't underestimate how much of a benefit that is um especially like you know, I'm running 60 miles less than I did when I ran the 10k on the track in Rio, so that's huge. But you have to do mm. a lot, a lot of cross training in order to, like, it's not just like you have to do like an hour. It's like I do, I do 
you know, I put the work in, I'm out in the bike for hours at a time. So, yeah, um, I think it's just good to come to the track and actually just feel fresh when I do run. It's just nice. It's nice to run fast. And um, even though I'm tired, my legs still feel semi-fresh. So that's quite good as well. Because how, how many um, run sessions a week have you now reduced down to? So I, I have two run sessions a week. So I do uh, one on a Tuesday night and one on a Saturday morning. But like the, the difference is the like the volume's different to what I used to do when I was um yeah when I was running and and give us a kind of a taste of what they look look like is is that an interval Tuesday and more of a tempo Saturday and and what kind of uh, repeats that they off yeah so Tuesday will be like interval training um and then Saturday yeah, I tend to stick a bit longer um sort of like a, maybe like a broken tempo or something um not as quick pace as a Tuesday so yeah just try and protect those sessions as well around other things in the week and and do you think now that training for running actually changes to incorporate more of this cross training even for you know, specialist athletes who are still focusing on the track yeah i mean i think you see it with like other athletes on the circuit anyway like i know ailish i don't know much about ailish mcgoggins training but i know that she does a lot of cross training in her in her, her program and you know like not mm. everyone can sustain like i really struggled when i was at university being able to like like I was always injured at uni because I just couldn't deal with the load. So yeah, I mm. think it's there's no like there's no harm in doing it, but I think you've got to make sure that you you get it right. And yeah, I think there's yeah, I think you need to make sure that that part of it is right and that you're doing the right sort of cross training. Now um we we mentioned the shoes briefly and they've been um obviously new for Asics and they're hoping to compete with Nike um for the crown of the fastest shoe. From your experience of them, did they feel different to their previous trainers? And and do you think there is a real performance benefit there? So I've been asked this question a lot, and I just don't know how I feel about it because mm. all brands are on raise their game now. So I feel like it's an equal playing field. I don't feel like anyone's at a disadvantage by any shoe brand. Um, so yeah, I just don't know how I feel about that. But also like, mm. it's not like the shoes are some magic shoe you put on, you're going to run fast. You still have to train like friends of mine are going to are going to put on the shoes and they're not going to run maybe they're not going to run as fast as i did but like you know you have to do some training as well at the end of the day oh yeah and just put the shoes on and actually i don't think people are, are suggesting that they are a magic shoe and that they they make up for everything else but yeah um it, you know we've we, we we talked about chris earlier well i, I mentioned chris earlier and, and so for example he has instead of wearing on he wore a blacked out pair of trainers because not every pair of trainers is quite there yet. I, I, I understand as well that the fact that you were wearing the shoes, the shoes does take away from the fact that you gave an incredible performance. And we are with or without the shoes, it's just absolutely mind-blowing. Um, but would you, if you were happy to say, and we could cut it if not, what kind of time difference would you estimate a pair of trainers like that would be to just a normal pair that weren't any of the brand's bone-based trainers. I don't know. I need to go run another shoes. Like I don't. I don't see the point in running another shoes now because no one else does. So why would I put? Like why would I put myself at a disadvantage? Yeah, and it's. I don't think it's just the shoes. Like uh, as well. Like I think you know you come off better from racing because I mean my legs haven't been as sore. So is there something in the foam that makes me recover quicker? So I was able to go and do a session today. And and also just to note that my 10k PB on the road is from non-carbon Nike streaks. So they didn't have a carbon plate in and it was set on a windy, wet, horrible day in Trafford. So I don't, yeah, and also like 
I, I was one of the only athletes in the field at the two World Cups at the end of the season last year that didn't wear a carbon shoe, and that was my own choice because I didn't want to wear the A6 carbon shoe. I wanted to. I preferred the other shoe. So like. I have had the I have had the opportunity to wear the other um, carbon shoe that Asics had, the Meta Racer, but I just preferred the other one, and that was just personal preference. And I still ran the quickest leg in both the triathlons with that shoe on. A lot of it comes down to your run form, your run technique, your biomechanics as well. But yeah, I'm mm. sure the shoe I'm sure the shoe does help. I'm not denying that, but I don't know in terms of seconds how how much quicker it is. Yeah. And is it annoying that? So many people like me are asking these questions about the shoes all the time now because obviously it's the reality is uh we we should just be celebrating the performance because it's been so good yeah and, I, I th and to be honest like most most of the comments i've had on on the performance have been really positive but you get like the occasional one on twitter like oh but she's an amateur athlete it's got to be the tech doping and it's like well if you if you knew anything about me i'm not an amateur athlete i went to the olympics four years ago so i wouldn't say that's an amateur status but you know, that that's what I find frustrating, and 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 mm. loads of comments. That there's been loads of positive comments. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that, but you just get the couple of ones, and that's why I just prefer not to look at it, um, because yeah. at the end of the day, no one, no one can take away that. Like I train really hard, three, four, three, sometimes four times a day, and I, I wanted that on Saturday night clearly, but I think, uh, yeah, when I just get a bit disheartened when I see comments like that, like that, uh, that is amateur, like I, it's all because of the shoes, and it's like it's not, it's. Well, I mean, the the, th the thing is, as you say, everyone's wearing the shoes. So, yeah. um, you know, it's a, it is a level playing field against the current world record. <laughs> you will always have some haters, but um, I'd be surprised if, if many people would, would put it down to the shoes versus just incredible performance. And are you worried now that it's going to be quite hard to top this in terms of uh, whenever I've been out running, I'm always trying to beat my PV, and now you've got to double down on the world records. And 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 with that, with the issues of, it was unexpected, so it wasn't set up for all the conditions that yeah. people normally ask to ratify the world records. Are you now going to think more about your next 5K to ensure that there are drug testers there and all the various other things you need to tick that box to then get in the actual books? Yeah, no, I don't think it's so much about the drug testing. I have been drug tested since the race within 24 hours, so that's fine. But it's more that there wasn't like a, a level four timekeeper or something, or there wasn't a referee mm -hmm. there. So that's I think it's frustrating. But I mean, I didn't, and I'm sure Chris Barnes didn't think a world record was going to go down. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have sorted that. But you know, that at the end of the day, no one is on the all-time list. It's going to have my name at the top. So whether it's a world record or not, like I still ran it. There were still people there to witness it. So it like for me, I I know I can run that quick now. So that's cool. And I, was, I, I just love the idea of all your, um, all the other triathletes just thinking how hard they're going to have to kill you on the bike, knowing well, that yeah, that, no, that no. potentially is I, coming. I'm going to have to get, a, gonna have to get a, um, a bike strategy in place for that, I think, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just need to hang on their coattails, whistling. But um, we've got a few questions, if it's all right, to, uh, to quickly yeah, yeah. go through them. So one from Victoria Magnus. What's your favourite type of training session to do? Track. <laughs> track Tuesday. Really? Yeah, it's my favourite. Uh, track is my favourite session of the week. Oh, fair play. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, did you get it on your watch, the, the time? Did you did you do the uh, the start and the finish delayed to Strava? A lot of people are asking. 
No, because um, I actually hadn't even charged my watch. I have not. I don't know. I don't actually know where my Garmin is. It's not been charged for weeks. Um, so I borrowed my coach's watch to warm up, and then I gave it back to him before I went on the start line. So no, I don't have a. I don't have a Strava. <laughs> I'm not a good follow on Strava because I don't often upload my stuff. <laughs> From Will Offer, who she would like least to be leaving T2 of a world triathlon series race. Um, I have to then run down. Who would I like least like to be chasing? Yeah, who would you who would you want to run have to be running down the least on the run? Oh, I don't know. There's probably someone. Well, past past probably a Gwen Jorgensen. Well, definitely a Gwen Jorgensen. That would be <laughs> savage. Present, I don't know. Maybe an Ashley Gentle from Australia. And um, and then we we or mentioned Sandra Brogrand in France and then we uh, we mentioned it uh, just about the record itself do, do you know the status yet of whether not having that officiator the right level officiator is going to impact on ratification is is there a good chance of it being cleared or uh, no I actually I was out in the bike on Sunday morning and got a call uh, and it's not going to be ratified oh well still top of the list that's the main thing yeah well, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. And just, just well, well, I don't know how to say anything more than well done, well done, well done. It's just, it's not very often that you, you read your phone in the morning and just can't stop grinning about how incredible something is. So I, yeah. I do hope that those, there will be negative messages, whatever we do in life. And I just, I hope that they don't for a second reduce how proud you should feel about such an incredible no, no, performance. No, absolutely so. not. Like I've had, uh, I've had like an overwhelming support of like really, really nice messages, and it's really nice to um, like just get. I've not, I've obviously been difficult to reply to all of them, but I've read all of them. But it's just nice to see people saying, "Oh, you've inspired me to do this. You've inspired me to do this." Like that's what I love most about sport. Like that people um, just get out the door and enjoy it because exercise makes you feel so good. So that's been really nice reading everyone's messages to say that I've inspired them like that's that's quite that's quite cool for me I, I'm glad I've inspired people and then the last one uh, just for all the people who are going to be crushed by you should you turn up what is your local park run my local I don't actually know I think it's probably the one at Hyde Park in Leeds the Woodhouse Road. I think it's the ah, second okay. ever one so if I ever go to it yeah watch out I guess <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I think you've got to do an appearance at some point to, uh, even if you're just jogging without the pressure. Um, well, yeah. thank you again for coming on the podcast and good no luck worries. with the, the triathlon and all your future races. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So there you go, do batters. I really love that interview. I thought Beth was really open and, and actually I, I like the fact that she, I could tell that and maybe you picked up on this as well. She was a little bit annoyed about some of the trainer questions because she must have had some directed towards her that were, were really undermining the performance. And, and certainly I wasn't intending to do that in any way because we know these shoes are good, but everyone's wearing them. And she beat everyone else in the world who's wearing them with that time. I'd really like to come back to talk to her in the future. We do typically have longer interviews. And I think Beth was slightly in interview mode because this was only a few days afterwards. But also I'd love to go a, a little bit more into her background and to discuss in greater detail the difference between her training before she switched to triathlon and now to really get a sense of, of what has made that difference. She, she did talk about how having the ability to just train without injury 
and 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 learning that has really helped and i do think as runners we have we're almost pressured into increasing mileage increasing mileage increasing intensity until we're injured and and actually just consistent running makes a huge difference um, in, in improvements but I'd really love to come and, and talk to her in the future once she's really come to terms with what's happened it's so exciting and so unexpected and at the moment she's still focusing on triathlon but it could be that her her career completely changes and, and the direction changes say she were to run another 5k and to run a similar time you then really have to question well why aren't I aiming for 5k even though she clearly hates it compared to 10k and to triathlon so I'd love to come back to her to to get a bit of context on it in a year or so an episode that I thought was really relevant to this if you enjoy this episode is Alex Hutchinson we talked to him about his book Endure and one of the topics he discussed was how he was struggling to beat sub four for the mile he tried time and time again and it was this barrier until one time a marshal wasn't actually marshalling correctly and because of that he was running far quicker than the time he was hearing was suggesting and so he just outrun his own expectation and absolutely smashed his pb as soon as he'd done that he no longer had that barrier and from then on he could he could smash 4 minutes really easily and i do wonder how much of of this record that Beth has set is similar to Alex in that we seem to put these massive barriers and uh, against our, our expectations and how much that then actually feeds into our physical ability on the day and our performances. A lot of what we do with training is building up the confidence and building up that you're used to running at, at race pace so often that when you then run race pace, it feels natural and you've got that confidence to be able to pull off big results. But whether potentially we're actually limiting ourselves with that. So if, if you think that could be you, just get out there without a watch um, or, or find a steward who's going to mistime you and, and potentially lie to you so that you're actually you're running a pace that is beyond you without realising it. So that would be a great one to listen to. If you also wanted to listen to any other people who were talking about cross-training or about triathlon training, we spoke to Chrissy Wellington, three, four, four times world champion of Ironman. Amazing interview where she talks about, in the whole time, we didn't get past her first win because we, we really went into detail on what made the difference in, in her transition and what her training looked like. But Cam Worth as well, he was fascinating because... He's an Ironman and he is trying to become world champion, but he started training very focused on the bike with Team Ineos. And he talks about how he's changed season to season massively the balance between cycling and running, sometimes heavily focused on the running, sometimes heavily focused on the cycling. He's even trained with the the Nike Sub 2 with Elliot. So he he truly has trained with the best cyclists and the best runners in the world. So that gives a, a real insight into how you can lean on different sports but still perform in more than one. Thanks for listening, guys. If you've enjoyed that, please do review. Please do subscribe. If there are 
guests or subjects you'd like us to interview in the future, then you can email me, david at badboyrunning.com. Or if you have any feedback, letters at badboyrunning.com. If you want to join the conversation, we have a Facebook group where people ask questions, but also post funny stories. And uh, if you want to ask questions to our guests in the future, then follow us on Instagram, just Bad Boy Running Podcast. So thanks for listening, guys. I really hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you, Beth, on what is an amazing achievement. And we'll see you next time. Bye 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 bye